Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and you are listening to Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast's show, Women in Leadership, sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X. We are excited to be here today. It's a little chilly this morning in Pensacola. I wasn't quite prepared for that. We've had 80-degree weather or even high 80s, lots of humidity, and luckily this morning I walked out and it was like low 60s. I was surprised. I'm not prepared, though. I'm wearing capri pants. I've got a short sleeve shirt on and I don't even know where anything long sleeve or long pants are located at this point but I am perfectly happy because fall is here and I couldn't be more excited. Thank you so much for those of you listening today. We've got a great show today. I've got two amazing guests in the studio today. Before we get to them though I want to tell you a little bit more about our organization. If you're not familiar with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast we are a local not-for-profit. I am the executive director or the founding director that I usually stick with that title because it is it is something I started not meaning to 14 years ago. I explain it like it was my oops baby. I started something, or at least I, I, along with two other people, started doing something that we thought was only going to benefit a small amount of people and only needed to happen for a short amount of time. It's really timely right now because we just over the last few days had a scare from a major hurricane that came really, really close to hitting our area. As a matter of fact, it went through Panama City, which is less than 100 miles from us, and it had an amazing amount of devastation that went with that storm. My heart aches for the people that are in that area just to the east of us. But it brought back a lot of memories of 14 years ago when Hurricane Ivan hit, and it did. It was a direct hit right here on Pensacola. At that time, I was in a sales career, and I was in financial services. Young, female, didn't have a lot of rich friends, so I couldn't do things like the dinner seminars that some of my male colleagues would do, and I also didn't wasn't really good at just cold calling people. I didn't have a database of people that had a lot of investable assets. So for me, it was all about networking, and I realized that I was much better face-to-face. When I would talk to people, they would understand that I actually knew a lot about investments, and they would then decide to possibly utilize me and my services for their business. And that was helpful. But when Hurricane Ivan hit, all of the networking in the area stopped immediately. Places that we used to network were gone. Restaurants that we used to meet at were no longer functioning. And even organizations that focused on networking like Chambers, their efforts were then diverted to things like bridge funding and finding assets for business owners who had just lost large pieces of property. So it was really tough for me during that time. I ran into a couple of their girlfriends and didn't realize they were going through some of the same struggles as well. We met for lunch and it was amazing because we just sat around and talked about what we would do if we were the other person and in their shoes. I didn't know what I could do for my financial career, but I absolutely knew what to tell my friend who was in a in a product sales career. And she knew what to tell her friend who was in a staffing HR career. And then that friend knew exactly what to tell me. 
And what really happened from that was women coming together with not a competitive nature, but with an ability and a willingness to share information freely. We got so motivated from that launch and so empowered that we knew as soon as we opened the doors and saw the streets in disarray, the places that still weren't functioning or the roads that still weren't open, we knew that we were going to get back into the swing of things of hurricane recovery. So we decided instead of doing that, we wanted to have another lunch just like the one we had a month later. Now that was back in 2004. I had a paper calendar. So I whipped out my paper calendar, put it put it on the calendar for the next month. And sure enough, we all got back together. But in the meantime, I had told half a dozen other friends about this amazing experience that we had. And so had the other women as well. So the second month, we ended up with 20 or so women, and then it grew from there. Now, years after the hurricane, our town recovered. There were no longer blue roofs everywhere where there was still roof damage. The streets were opened, and a lot of the buildings were either torn down or rebuilt by that point. However, powerful women of the Gulf Coast still persevered. We kept meeting on a monthly basis, and I thought there'd be a point where we wouldn't need need the monthly meetings anymore. And what I realized was there wasn't a place for women to come together in business and with a business focus and to be able to collaborate and share stories and celebrate success. So here we are 14 years later, Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast still holds our monthly networking meetings, but we've added a few other things to the plate as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about our conference that is actually coming up next week. In addition to the conference, we also do Power Up. Power Up is our 12-week educational series that focuses on leadership classes and business classes for anyone that's in business that maybe doesn't, doesn't work for a large corporation that has a lot of the infrastructure in place. So we talk about about things like networking, marketing, business efficiency, and sales skills. We'll be opening up those classes again starting the first week in November. We meet on either Tuesdays or Wednesdays, and it's a lunchtime type meeting. If you're interested in learning more about Power Up, definitely check out our website, and you can get more information about those classes. In addition to that, we also offer membership in the organization. We don't require anybody to be a member, and we actually don't even restrict membership to just women. We open it up to men or women, and it's it's something that, that we encourage people to do, but it's not a requirement to attend any of our events. We are bringing back our Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast magazine. That is coming back in 2019, so I'm so excited about that one because we feature interviews of local successful leaders who share honest thoughts about leadership success, obstacles, and inspiration as it results to women in business. We include other articles as well, things about leadership, networking, and other skill development. The the magazine is geared for anyone in business, and it's geared for anyone looking for business motivation and tips. And I was surprised because being a women's what I would perceive as a women's magazine. It's amazing when I go around town and find the number of guys that say, we read your magazine. And it's because we don't tend to promote things that are only female oriented. We promote things that are business success. And that goes across both gender lines as well. We also do this monthly radio podcast show. Thank you to Pensacola Business Radio. If you want to tune in or find more information about those shows, you can definitely go to our website or go to their website and download all of the previous shows that we've had in the past. Today's show is actually show number 31. I'm excited. We've been doing the shows for more than two years now, and it's definitely something that we want to add more content to in the future. 
So that was more information about Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. Our mission is to promote, advance, and improve women in business. And our vision is to create an arena for all women to come together and grow, to celebrate successes, to provide actionable training and tools, and to encourage collaboration and charitable giving. Through Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, our women empower themselves and others towards business success and individual prosperity, therefore changing our community. So today I've got some great guests in the studio and I'm going to hold off on telling you some conference information. But before we get to our guest, I want to go ahead and spend a couple minutes about some education that I found helpful. This is from the book called Permission to Screw Up. And this is actually from Kristen Hadid. Michelle's a guest in my studio today. Michelle, do you remember when we had Kristen in at the Gulf Coast Kids House a few years ago? Oh, the breakfast that we had? Yeah. The morning breakfast, yes. Yes, yes. I thought you were there. Yes, I remember I that. Yes. That was a coincidence. Yes. I didn't plan that for today's show. But yeah, Kristen Hadid started a company called Student Made, and they had a branch of Student Made here in Pensacola um, for a number of years. They no longer operate in this area, but Kristen is actually coming back to the area in a couple weeks. She's going to be one of the speakers at EntreCon this year. So I'm really excited to hear her. But today I wanted to talk about something she calls FBI. And it's an approach to feedback that I think is much more beneficial than the traditional feedback method. I was always taught in Toastmasters the sandwich method. And many of you have probably heard that before, where you sandwich something negative between two positive things. So you say something positive, then you say the thing that you really want them to to hear, and then you say something else positive. And I always thought that was the best way to do it. That's also kind of something my parents always instilled in me was, if you were going to say something negative, then then always sandwich it between two positive things as well. But I don't know how effective that's been. The problem sometimes with the sandwich method is that people hear the things that are on the outside. They hear the good things, but they may never hear the actual true thing that you really wanted them to hear. So this information comes from a course that Kristen had taken called Listen Like a Leader. And she said that this was is this was really inspirational for her and really something that she's taken and and implemented into her student-made business. So what it does is it says when you're going to give somebody feedback, you need to communicate three things. You need to communicate the way you feel, the specific behavior that made you feel that way, and the impact that that behavior has. So instead of focusing it on the other person, FBI is really focused on what you're feeling and what you you're experiencing. And I've tried this a few times and actually I've gotten some pretty good results from it. So FBI stands for feeling, behavior, and impact. And here's an example of an FBI statement. I feel disappointed that you were 30 minutes late to the meeting yesterday. And now I'm unsure if I can rely on you in the future. So let's break down that statement. The feeling part is the more that you can focus on how you feel and less on how you perceive the other person feels, the less that person receiving that feedback can dispute your statement. It Right away, it doesn't put them in a defensive mode. Sometimes that's happened to me when I've tried to give somebody feedback and I said, you know, hey, you were late. Well, then they may say, oh, well, traffic was horrible or 
you weren't clear on what time we were starting right away. It gives them something to defend themselves about because it automatically puts them in that defensive type of position. But if you're saying your feelings, um, then they can't really, they shouldn't really be able to come back and dispute your feelings. Those are your feelings. So they can't come back and say, no, that's not true. You don't care. Um, if you're telling them, Hey, when I'm, you know, I feel disappointed when you're late to a meeting. And but the behavior part talks about it's a little bit more specific about what you're trying to say. So instead of just saying you were late, you might want to pinpoint the exact instance of that behavior. So in this example, I feel disappointed that you were 30 minutes late to the meeting yesterday afternoon is very specific. Instead of just saying, I feel disappointed because you're always late, sometimes it's not specific enough. So giving them a specific behavior to focus on really pinpoints something that you want them to to correct and to change and then the impact part is is important because most people don't generally wake up in the morning and say I want to ruin my boss's day or I want to ruin that person that I care about's day I'm getting some laughter in the studio that's funny uh, but um, I I, I kind of laughed at that too because think about it we don't consciously want to wake up and make somebody upset or 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 create a problem that they have to deal with that that just kind of changes their whole schedule for the day. So people don't intend to have their behavior impact your day or your schedule. When they know that that's happened, then likely you're giving them an opportunity to understand how the ram what the ramifications are of their behavior. So you're showing them the consequences of being late. So the third statement in our example of now I'm unsure if I can rely on you in the future is clearly showing impact of your of that other person's action. So I think that's really cool about FBI. That's an example of using FBI as, as trying to correct a negative behavior. She also talks about using FBI as a tool for recognition. And I think that's absolutely true, too. When we think about correcting negative behavior, we always want to look at correcting or or reinforcing positive behavior as well. So when you recognize somebody through the FBI method, you're telling them how, how they, whatever action, how that made you feel, what the action was, what the behavior was, and then the impact of that particular behavior. So I think that's really great. Here's an example of the positive side of FBI. I felt grateful when you stayed last night to help me with the report and it allowed me, it allowed me to make it home in time to put my kids to bed. So you're not just saying, hey, thanks for staying late or, hey, thanks for your extra help today. You're actually telling somebody, I feel grateful because you stayed late last night to, specifically to help me with that report. And because of that, it allowed me to make it home in time to put my kids to bed. So it's not just thank you for doing your job. Thank you for maybe going a little extra on top of your job. But it's also something that allowed the person that that was helped an opportunity to do something more in their life and in their world as well. So hopefully you enjoyed that. That's the FBI method that comes from Permission to Screw Up, which is the book by Kristen Hadid. This book is also co-authored by Simon Sinek. Um, I picked up this book pretty quickly after it came out and I've read it several times. If you see my copy, it's been highlighted, it's been underlined, and I haven't tagged too many of the pages because I think this is one that I read 
from start to finish. Um, a lot of times I'll fold down the pages if it takes me a little while to get through a book. But this is definitely a good one to pick up. Kristen Hadid, uh, her last name is spelled H-A-D-E-E-D. And she will be the, I think she's the final speaker on the last day of EntreCon this year. So you definitely want to come check it out and see her and learn more about her. She's an amazing individual. And she remembers, Michelle, when uh, when she spoke for us at the Gulf Coast Kids House at that breakfast years ago. So we are in talks with her to possibly uh, do something with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast while she's in town as well. So I couldn't be more excited. And speaking of Michelle, let me go ahead and introduce the voice you heard earlier without the name attached to it. This is Michelle Kolbenak. She is a sales manager and an agent with Affiliated Insurance of Pensacola. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Colleen. Absolutely. I'm so glad mm-hmm. you're here. Michelle and I actually go back a little ways. We, When I was a financial advisor, we were in the insurance industry together. And Michelle tended to focus more on the health insurance side. And she was definitely somebody when health insurance got really, really complicated. Not that it wasn't in the beginning. But there was a point where it got super complicated. Michelle was my go-to person that I would send all of my clients to that, that had any questions about health insurance or needed any help. And you've been invaluable for me, Michelle in the past. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You've always been really good. Michelle's the type of person, she doesn't just send you quotes and say, here, pick what pick what you want. She actually walks you through and tells you, this is what this feature does. This is, you know, let me learn more about your health history so that I can customize a policy that's perfect for you. And she's really good like that. She wants to make sure that people buy the right products, not not that she doesn't want to sell more insurance, but she wants to make sure it's the right insurance that's being sold. Definitely, Colleen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you do additional things besides um, besides health insurance. I know you do life insurance as well, and you do both the individual, the group, and the business side um, of insurance as well. So whether it's one person or if it's a business owner that has 50 employees or a small business that maybe only has it's a mom and pop and has husband and wife as employees, you can help all those different people, can't you, Michelle? Yep. Definitely. Good. Yes. And then you also do um, take care of the over 65 market, the supplement. Medicare market as well. And Michelle's been doing this for a long time. You've got 30 years of experience in the industry. Michelle and I go back, uh, we sat on the... we sat on the board for the National um, National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors together, and that actually was one of my first leadership experiences. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you for being here. Tell us what's going on in the industry, and, and what are you working on now? Sure. Thank you. Um, okay. So uh, let's talk about Medicare just for a second, and then we'll move on. October 15th is next week, and there's an open enrollment period. You usually see a lot more commercials done by some of the our competitors, but October 15th to December 7th, uh, in the senior market, if you have a Part D already or a Medicare Advantage plan that you're not happy with, this is the time to make a change. So that's the only time you can move these products around. So you want to remember those dates. Uh, moving on from there, I'm not going to go delve into those products because it takes a, it takes at least 45 minutes to explain those things. But if you watch your news- minutes, I'm surprised. Yeah, you watch your newspaper. <laughs> you watch your newspaper. There are some seminars coming up here locally, and I do about uh, some of those, and I do some of them out in the Milton area also. So uh, watch your paper for those. Um, also under the uh, for over under 65 people, November 1st is just around the corner. I had a gentleman walk in yesterday who had called and talked to one of our other agents earlier um, in the month and he was told to wait till November 1st but I was able to sit down with him and give him some idea of what he was looking at 
going forward. And he said there were so many plans. So I was able to get him down to two before he left me. So those are the kind of things I can do um, to explain things to people. Uh, if you if you take it on your own and go through the marketplace and try to go online and try to do it, uh, if you try to call market the marketplace, uh, it has its place. However, they're not insurance people. They don't have the background, uh, the training. Um, they don't see all the changes, how we got to this spot. Um, and sometimes they'll even telling lately to call us after they talk to them because they don't know how to explain the plans. So you always want to talk to an insurance agent when it comes to um, these type of products. I mean, there are plenty of them. And the thing is, you don't know what fits everybody's needs. Some people... Um, uh, finances are of concern sometimes, and sometimes you know how you use your insurance. Yes, you need insurance just in case the worst case scenario can happen, but you also want to be able to afford it so that you keep it also. Yeah, absolutely. Michelle, you've always been really good at that. Like I said, insurance was, it. well, it, I don't think it was ever simple, but there definitely was a point where it got way more complicated. How many insurance how many health insurance policies do you have available to choose from okay so what happened to the market um, because of the affordable care act a lot of companies left this part of the industry some of them are still in group but a lot of them left the individual side actually this part of the state from here to panama city and maybe over towards tallahassee there's a few other carriers this part of the state or the north of florida if you just take a line and draw north florida and you have just north florida um, Florida Blue is it, which has uh, uh, put a lot of more stress on that one company. But um, in fact, this year, believe it or not, um, the month of October before November 1st gets here, anyone who doesn't go on the marketplace, doesn't have a health study, I can work with them to change their plans or look at their new rates, that kind of thing, in the month of October, which I've started already. And surprisingly, there was a series of plans that just came out last year that the rates have come down. Now, it's not a whole lot, but at least I don't have to tell those people, hey, your rates are going up again. You know, so, so there, are some good, there is some good news in the whole mix. So that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. And you represent Florida Blue. Within Florida Blue, there there's a bunch of plans to choose from, though, aren't there? Oh, definitely. I, I don't I have never even counted them, but it's something like 30 something. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, there's a ton of plans. So mm -hmm. as a consumer, it's really difficult. And, and Michelle, really, she's such a good person. She doesn't care if you buy from the marketplace or if you come through her. But when she talks about the 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 complex the complexities of each of these different plans and they all have different nuances that's why they they customize these different plans is not because they want to confuse the consumers it's because each of them has a little bell or a little whistle that's slightly different from another one so it really makes a big difference when you're choosing your plan that you choose the plan that's going to be right for you and for your long-term needs mm -hmm. um, my husband had acl surgery a couple years ago and you know looking at his health coverage for that particular surgery, there were things that were missing from that particular policy. Had we known in advance that he was going to need ACL surgery, and that's an example of something you don't really know that's going to happen. But if you know something like that is happening, or if you've got some health history, then that can help you really determine which plan that you end up going with. 
Good point. If you know ahead of time. And yeah. that's why we have to call it insurance because you don't know ahead of time. Right. Exactly. And most of the <laughs> right. time that's correct. Insurance is really for the what ifs. It's for the mm-hmm. things that, you know, you're not expecting to happen. Um, but, you know, even just health history makes a big difference. You know, knowing whether you're a smoker or a non-smoker, knowing, you know, what your your family has um, hereditary, you know, any indicators that have come down. Those can also be helpful in deciding which insurance policy to pick from. So, Michelle, if somebody were to want to come see you, um, you do in-person appointments? Do you do over-the-phone appointments? Um, do you do any of the fancy internet chatting? What kind of what kind of ways do you like to, what are you most helpful when you're meeting with your clients? Okay, well, in-person is, is fine. Um, of course, we cover more areas of the state now by using the telephone. So there's a lot more over-the-phone. A lot of people are so busy, and it only takes a few minutes to do over-the-phone. They do have to finish up some of the other, other end of the process by the internet which at times is, a, is an issue with some of uh, some of the people who don't bother having computers at their house because um, it has to be done on an actual computer. Um, and I can still visit with you also. I can go to you also as long as I have some way of using the computer because none of this stuff is in paper anymore. I don't even have a brochure anymore. <laughs> Everything is on the computer. So I do make um, some types of house calls where there is um, – uh, I'll give you another example. I have a business that um, – their renewal is in November, but um, the, the, the children of this group and one of the spouses of this group are also with me um, off the marketplace. So we're able to look at their plans um, already this year, and we were able to get on uh, Wi-Fi at their place of business. So I was able to just go to their place of business and uh, talk about everything while I was there. That's awesome. So like we said before, you can do individual coverage, but then you can also do, you can do small group and large group as well. Yes. Very good. So if somebody wants to talk with you, Michelle, how would they get in touch with you? Okay. So um, my local phone number for the office is 850-477-5840. I don't have an extension. We're not that fancy. Um, You'll have to ask for me. Um, And also my cell phone uh, 850-293-6764. If you call the office and I'm not in, they will be glad to give you that cell phone number just in case you didn't get both phone numbers. Um, I also have um, my internet um, access would be Michelle. I do spell Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-K, for my last name, at affiliatedins.net. .net and affiliate it. Please spell the word correctly. <laughs> Those things are crucial these days, aren't they? <laughs> and we'll have all that contact information in the show notes. So if you're driving, by all means, don't pull over and have to scribble down that information. We will definitely have it in the show notes as well. And you could probably find Michelle pretty easily if you come to the Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast meetings. She's Google frequently. Me. Google exactly. Me. Google her. Remember, her name is Michelle with an, just one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E. And her last name is Kolbenak, and it's K-O-B-I-E-L-N-I-K. And she's a Amazing. I just I just love what you do, Michelle. And I'm so glad you're still there because when it got really crazy, you know, I took off and left that industry. So <laughs> I'm glad you're still there helping everybody. So did several of our friends. I know. Lots of people have unfortunately left the industry. And that's not why I left the industry. I actually left the industry to focus on powerful women of the Gulf Coast. I loved my career as a financial advisor and, and especially loved working with Michelle as well. So thank you for being with us today. We will bring Michelle back on in a little bit when we get more into to the group conversation. But now I am super excited to introduce Captain Emily Elmore. 
Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I am so excited to have her here. She is not only amazingly accomplished, and I'll get to her bio in a second, but um, Emily is one of our PED Talk speakers for our conference. So our conference is on Wednesday, October 17th and Thursday, October 18th. And we bring in a national keynote speaker, which this year is Liz Jaswick. She's from Chicago. And she was last year's EntreCon keynote. And I found out just recently she's also keynoting this year's EntreCon as well. So I'm excited to have uh, Liz Jaswick here as our keynote speaker. And then we brought on three PED Talk speakers. Captain Emily Elmore is one of them. We've also got Christy Tobias with Huron Corporation coming as our second PED Talk speaker. And then we've got Kim McQueen, who is, along with Julia McQueen, they are co-owners of Innisfree Hotels, a large establishment here in the area and also throughout the whole southern area as well. And I think they branch off over into the East Coast as well. So welcome, Emily. I'm so glad you're here. Emily is an Air Force pilot. She's an author and a management consultant. She's right here at Naval Air Station Pensacola, and she serves as a flight instructor and chief of academics and simulator operations. She is really exciting. Um, She's earned her master's in engineering and a certification in lean, which is Six Sigma and process involvement. She began offering data-driven management services in addition to what she does in the military and later founded Elmore Johnson Consulting, specializing in team development and executive coaching. She served eight years active duty as a pilot, and she's credited with over 300 combat hours in Operation Enduring Freedom and Resolute Support. In 2016, she suffered a catastrophic shoulder injury that result that required a full replacement. Subsequent nerve injury significantly limited her functional abilities and afforded her the opportunity to focus on her family. She's a married mother of two, committed to growing relationships and coaching others through our own obstacles to become influential leaders in their career and community. Welcome, Emily. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Now I know the behind-the-scenes story about this shoulder injury. Do you want to do you want to share how that happened? Because that wasn't just falling down the stairs. That's right. So I actually first started to have pain in the aircraft, and then I went to the doc, and they told me that I had a congenital injury to my joint uh, that was going to require probably several surgeries in the future. So I had a labral tear and also a biceps tendon tear to start. Had that fixed. Um, however, two years later, it started to dislocate again because along the way, I dislocated it about half a dozen times. So once it started to do that again, it would no longer stay in place. Even just rolling over in bed, it would start <sighs> to pull out. Yeah, it was oh pretty awful. Um, so it happened again following the birth of my first child. And once that happened, I was unable pretty much to use the arm. Uh, went back to the doctor And they said at that point, uh, there wasn't enough soft tissue to correctly repair it. So they had to go in and replace the shoulder. Um, I then got Parsonage Turner, which is a nerve autoimmune disease. And following that, I have almost no use of my right arm. Wow. Um, So it's been quite a journey. Yeah, it's been really challenging. Um, Along the way, with uh, being a pilot, I wanted to be a test pilot. And so I was getting a Master of Engineering in order to make my application a little more competitive. Um, instead, I decided to use that and pivot and start to offer those data-driven decision-making processes that you just mentioned. Absolutely. And you're not, you are not a woman that, that can be held down easily. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the loss of your right <laughs> shoulder, the loss of your right arm, I mean, that's incredible. And then, uh, you know, kind of in your spare time, the way you explained it to me, you started a consulting business, and now you handle multi-million dollar projects and consult people on some really amazing things. That's right, yeah. So it grew pretty quickly. Uh, it started out just more as a um, kind of quid pro quo or as a barter system. So I would offer some services, and then I might get services in return, um, anything from, you know, haircuts to you know something that's being built so I really try to focus on small businesses um, small to mid market businesses in order to provide management consulting services to them at a price that they can afford because a lot of times management consulting services can go for hundreds of dollars per hour thousands of dollars per hour and that's cost prohibitive and that's really unfair to these small business owners who have to wear multiple hats and they've got all of these different functions that they may not have been um, you know formally trained in and now they're expected to do these things and do them well in order to be successful and if they could just get a couple directional uh, tips on how they can maximize these processes that they already have in place they can just boost their performance and they were seeing radical performance pretty quickly yeah no kidding and you're generous when you say that they might not become an expert in I think a lot of these business owners they don't even become a basic user of process involvement or things like you know lean or six sigma I mean a lot of those concepts are really for somebody like yourself who's really put a lot of time and effort into into really educating themselves a lot of business owners today start businesses because they're good at a thing not necessarily they're good at running a business. That's Is that right. your experience too? Yeah, absolutely. People have vision, but they don't necessarily know how to make vision into reality. And so they have this really wonderful um, way that they want to move their company forward, but they don't necessarily have the tools to do it. And because it's so expensive to get those tools, they are just unable to get something that could really prevent them um, from either you know losing profit or losing throughput that, you know, generates profit later. So mm -hmm. that was a service that we really wanted to provide. That's really cool. Um, and I know you speak professionally. You're passionate about empowering the community through training and motivation, but you're also doing a lot to help some of the women leaders in this area. Tell us about some of the things you're doing specifically in the mentoring area. Yeah. So mentorship is kind of a personal passion of mine. Um, I started out my career as an Air Force officer and an Air Force pilot. Um, and I'm actually, I'm still active duty as of right now, but I'm transitioning out because of the medical board with my shoulder. Um, so mentorship and professional development is something that they take uh, very seriously in the military. However, uh, like a lot of industries, it's very male dominated. And so the mentors that a lot of young women get are men. And while they are champions of women and very helpful and they want to bolster our careers to the same extent as our male counterparts, the advice that we get from them is by its very nature targeted towards masculine traits that a lot of them have, especially in the military, which is hyper-masculine anyway. And so while I was getting a lot of really great leadership techniques or mentorship advice, if you tried to emulate it perfectly as a woman in a leadership position, it was just opening up a lot of opportunity to fail, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was forced or awkward and you can't influence people to be a good leader 
if they're busy picking apart your leadership style. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we decided, okay, look, same kind of thing as what you were just talking about, trying to get women together in a non-competitive environment and find ways that we could bolster each other and support each other and highlight where our shortfalls were. And so that way we could really start to become women of impact in the organization. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, we actually have a women's mentorship series that is there at NAS Pensacola Flight Training uh, for the Air Force side with UCT. It's actually managed right now by my very good friend, Tara Smith. Uh, she is a B-52 EWO by trade, and she is now also here as an ICISO. That's Combat Systems Officer. She's an instructor, and she provides a lot of um, really great opportunities for these young women, for all of us to come together. And then I routinely come in and um, provide some you know, mentorship for these young women. And it's really great. It's everything from lunches and dinners to also pulling in leaders, both male and female, so that way they can get perspectives from both sides. Mm -hmm. And then also if there's questions about um, what's appropriate or what's not between interactions between each other or you know with other like men that are in the squadron, um, you know, because it's one of those things where when you're around people all the time, going through very challenging programs all the time, you build very close relationships. And sometimes it's hard to recognize when those relationships are going to benefit your career or when they can start to detract from it. And so we help them to, to see and identify those kinds of things as well. Absolutely. And I agree with what you're saying. I mean, sometimes we as women, I think sometimes women have male traits within ourselves, you know, and that's yeah. what helps us become strong leaders, helps us have resilience, helps us have determination and, and those things that, that create us to be strong in the business world. But there's also, there's also men that have some female traits as well, mm -hmm. some sensitivity, some relationship building, some emotional side. But a lot of times I think most of, at least a lot of the advice I've received and a lot of the, the leaders I've been around, a lot of times they really kind of pigeonhole you into you're a woman. So this is how I have to handle you or you're a man. This is how you should behave. But I think we all have traits within us that are male and female. And so there are lots of times where the male mentors in your life, you probably got a lot out of and, and, you know, and, and helped your career tremendously. But if they only focused on those male traits that you have within you, then they're leaving kind of some stuff that, that you didn't, maybe didn't feel fulfilled. So having the same thing, having women that are there to help the women leaders in the military. And, and my heart goes out to you because that's got to be such a struggle. How many women have gone through the flight training that you have to be able to fly C-130s and to be able to do these amazing things? So the numbers are really low inside of Seriously civilian. Low. Yeah, civilian pilots, <laughs> it's about 6%. Um, military pilots that are women are about 3%. If you include all of the non-flying crew members, it jumps back up to about 6%, but still like very, very small numbers. And I think you hit it right on the head when you talked about there is no one size fits all for any one particular gender. It's a huge spectrum of traits that people build in, through the experiences that they have. Um, and especially, you know, those leadership opportunities that they're given and depending on your own personal person, you know, your personality traits, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you are very boisterous and directive, then you should feel empowered to use that. Or if you're nurturing and compassionate, there's a place for that too. The biggest thing is leading with authenticity. You need to be true to yourself and you need to have people that empower you to find the techniques that are going to be, you know, the best suited for your leadership style. I like to tell um, the women that I mentor, like if you have one particular trait, there is probably a way that you can refine it 
in order to be the most successful, but you don't ever need to actually replace it. If this is a trait that's natural to you, refine, don't replace. Right. And I remember the old leadership advice about if you're a bird, you can fly. If you're a fish, you can swim. Don't teach a bird how to swim and a fish how to fly. That's right. Because there's a lot of those things that, that are just innate to certain people. So um, it reminds me also, we interviewed Captain Katie Higgins, and that is the the first female Blue Angel pilot. And I remember interviewing her. And when I asked her about that, she kind of rolled her eyes and she said, you know, it's just so sad. She said, I wish I wasn't the first. And I I said, why? I, to me, that's such an inspirational thing and such a, a cool accolade to have. And she said, yeah, but that's the embarrassing part of it, that I'm the first. And that was only, yeah, that was only a few years ago. Right. I think she was the Blue Angel pilot. What, four, was she installed four years ago? I can't remember. It's within the last 10 years for sure. So, and that is sad. You know, I, I reflected back on that. It's, it's amazing that there are women like yourself, Emily, that are, that are making such advances in male dominated industries. But it's also amazing that, that that hasn't happened before now. Right. Yeah. You know, and so there's so many industries where you're starting to see these women uh, start to come in and really be forces of impact inside of their organization. And I think they probably feel the same way. There's all of this. uh, There's a burden on them to do exceptionally well, even though they're going to face the same challenges as all of their male counterparts. And while their male counterparts can stumble along the way as they find the best techniques to implement, uh, women really don't have that luxury. You're absolutely right. It does. It puts a huge amount of pressure. And then you put the things like, you know, being a mom, being the support system to a household, you know, the personal attributes that that you have to stack on top of the business things as well, just adds that much more pressure. So what would you say, Emily, are some of the top competencies that women really share? So I'm really excited to talk about this because (laughs) it goes into the conference. So if you're coming to the Pursue Your Passion conference, you'll get to hear more about this, but I'll give you a little teaser here. Um, So the five leadership competencies that are the Elmore Johnson model uh, that we've developed are credibility, clarity, approachability, sincerity, and authenticity. And I'll give you just a little bit about each. So credibility, very simply, is to know your job. But you need to understand that with responsibility, um, although you may be given more authority, authority is not by itself credibility. You have to establish your credibility every time you change organizations, you change teams, or even if your team members are changing, but you're remaining the same, you know, um, as supervisor authority. So that authority does not automatically equal credibility. You need to establish it every time. So that's the first thing. And the next is clarity. And we spoke a little about this earlier, but you need to be clear about what your expectations are of yourself, of your team members, and you need to be able to effectively communicate what the organizational goals and vision are. So you need to be able to establish goals, roles, and then expectations. And anytime those change, you have to disseminate them quickly. If somebody isn't meeting that performance that you expect of them, you need to first look at your uh, communication. Have you clearly defined what those expectations are? So that's the second thing. And then next we have approachability. And here, I think it's really important to note that if there's something that's going wrong within your team, or within processes that the team's responsible for, the team is going to see it first. You're, you shouldn't be in the details anymore as the supervisor. 
that's micromanaging. So they're going to see it first. And if they do, they need to be able to relay that information to you in order to make decisions that keep up with the speed of the marketplace. If they are unwilling to come to you with suboptimal data because they're afraid that you're going to be emotional about it or you're going to fly off the handle and shoot the messenger, then you're not going to get the data that you need to keep up with the marketplace. Um, the other part of that is that as technology starts to connect all of us, it also can keep us trapped behind a screen. And all of a sudden now, you're so stuck behind that screen and closed office doors that people also don't feel like they can approach you. So that's something else to think about with that. And then we come to sincerity. And this one, I like to keep it real simple. You just need to care. It is transparent if your only motivation is performance for your own self-recognition. So your team members want to know that they're valued. This is the most important thing that I come back to with pretty much every leadership lesson. If your people know that you are grateful for their efforts and that they are valued by you, that even when they don't necessarily agree with something in the organization, they will do what they need to do for you. It's good coaching if you just care about your people. And then finally, authenticity. And this is what I just alluded to, is that you have to lead in a way that's authentic to you. Don't buy into this myth that you have to fit a set of traits in order to be successful as a leader. If you can refine your own personal traits in a way that helps you to be successful, you're going to find that people, they appreciate that you're genuine. And then also once you get really good at uh, identifying what is effective with your team, you can manipulate your own traits to fit in well with anyone and however the, they need to be led. Those are amazing. I was like scribbling notes. <laughs> that is so cool. I love this because actually, and we didn't plan on this, but we talked about so much of, the, of these different elements mm -hmm. in just the conversation today, especially the clarity one. Be clear about your expectations. That's a big one that's hit me recently. A lot of stuff lives in my head. Um, this is actually our sixth annual conference that we're about to have. And for the past five years, a lot of it was just stuff I did and I didn't ever write down. I didn't need to. I had my own checklists and my own to-do list, but I just, things just happened because that's a lot of times when I'm by myself, I don't feel the need to write things down and to mm -hmm. put procedures in place. But this year now I'm surrounded with a team. So we're putting a lot of things in place and it's amazing at how that clarity really helps because when I write down, this is how we want the food set up, then people go, okay, this is how the food set up. And there's no questions. There's no, you know, argument or maybe we should set it up this way or that way. It's like, once it's in writing, it's like, okay, Okay, that's just how we're going to do it. And it eliminates the need for, you know, people feeling like they need to make their own decisions or, mm -hmm. or feeling like you said, going back to the approachability part, you know, if they're too nervous to come back and ask for clarity, then obviously we didn't, we didn't establish that other step in the beginning. And then the part about sincerity and saying, thank you. We covered a lot of that in that new, in the FBI method yeah, that I talked did. about. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. I love these five points. Now, these are not what you're going to talk about at the conference, right? You've got a whole different subject matter for the conference. Yeah, so the subject matter for the conference definitely ties these in. It talks about all of the things that are going to support your leadership style and then those that may be pitfall specific to women in leadership positions. So we'll tie all of these in and then talk about the things that are going to really boost your performance and then the intrinsic strengths that you have as a woman that you can put in place right now in order to see 
um, you know, really successful outcomes with your teams. Absolutely. And Emily's presentation at the conference is called Hit Like a Girl, Leading High Performance Teams to Pack a Punch. So your title has probably been getting the most exposure from us because we just think it's it sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear this content. Um, you are amazing. I'm just in awe of all you've accomplished and all that you still have to accomplish, I'm sure. Um, I can't wait to see your presentation at the conference. I hope you're super excited about being there and um, and taking part in it. If you want to learn more about M- Captain Emily Elmore, she is available for hire. So you can bring her in for not only the management consulting services, but she's also interested in doing more professional speaking as well. And she likes to empower the community through training, motivation, team development. She can do public engagements. She can also do private seminars. So if you're a business owner that needs to 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 bring somebody in that can really help motivate your staff. I know Emily could do a great job doing that. Some of the past topics she's talked about include leadership, managing generational conflict, secrets of highly functional teams, work-life balance, communication, gender equality, and a women's mentoring series. So I know you're going to give us our website, but give us any more contact information that you want um, to give out for people to get in touch with you. Yes, you can reach me at elmorejohnson.com. We have a um, contact page that's right there. You can also email me at consult at elmorejohnson.com. And we also have a phone number if you want to reach me at 334-625-9032. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. That was wonderful. Thank this you for having me. This has been amazing. I love this content. So yeah, definitely reach out to em- Emily and get in touch with her. Reach out to our other guest, Michelle Kolbenak, if you want to get in touch with her about what she's doing as well. And we're going to open it up now to a little bit more general conversation. So I'll bring Michelle back on. I know you haven't gone anywhere, Michelle, but um, just say hi so that everybody remembers what your voice is. Okay. This is Michelle. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So now we're going to talk about a couple other a, a couple other topics. And, and Emily and I kind of got into a few of the ones that we were going to talk about. So before we go on to, to the other subject, uh, Michelle, do you want to add anything towards cultivating the next generation of leaders as far as mentoring? Or do you want to add any more to the conversation about top competencies for women, successful women? I'll do the mentoring part. Okay. I have done the mentoring. That's where the sales manager uh, idea came from. It's actually not a very easy thing to do in mentoring. Because um, be- there's a lot of th- older things, I guess, or outdated things that I believe in, like dressing for success and things like that. A lot of those things didn't go over real well. But recently, I had another experience where um, we opened up our seminars to, th- to three of our um, uh, other people in our gr- uh, younger people in our group. To um, so what they asked me to do is, can we just come to one of yours? I said, sure, that'd be a great idea. Perfect learning places to watch how it takes place so I have done that um actually this time last year so that's that's the only other mentoring thing I've got right now besides training people to um sell and that kind of thing absolutely absolutely no I think those are great opportunities watching when when you do your seminars having somebody else watch that's definitely a form of mentorship and I know personally you've mentored me like I shared my experience with NAFA sitting on the board was kind of my first one of my first experiences in a leadership position and I know you were invaluable for me at those early stages to kind of understand how boards work and and we actually Michelle and I actually sat I only sat for a very short time but she sat much longer on the state board for the political action committee as well and um 
let me get into that because I know this next question, you have something to share that has to do with that role. So I want to ask you, what's the best leadership that you've ever received, Michelle? Okay, way back when, before, when I first officially got into doing the political action committee, which is called IFAPAC at this point in time, um, one of our presidents was Larry Mott at the time, um, who is no longer in Pensacola area. However, um, I was taken over because Dick Lee, who is now deceased, um, rest in peace, he was a great man, very good on the health insurance side. And um, he had said to me when I took over the pack, um, and I, I had gotten all of the board members to contribute, and Larry Mott was like thrilled because he was going to a state convention with all this money in his hand to, to, to gift for our pack. So um, I was talking to Dick Lee on the phone one time. He had suffered some um, illness at the time. He was supposed to go up to be a state president, and he had to back off totally. So um, he had said to me, don't worry about the sales. They will come. Like, in other words, the time that I was putting into something that was a little bit more important for our industry would turn around and do that. And those words have always stuck with me. Um, Even this morning, I was getting ready for this radio show. Don't you know the phone is ringing? (laughs) Off the hook. (laughs) There are days you sit around like, you know, the storm day. We knew nobody would be calling me that day, right? But and and so today, this morning, I had actually, I feel that one on the way and then the guy, uh, the person called me back while I was driving. Um, So there's some technology that comes in handy at times. So anyway, yeah, particularly, I just always remember what he said. And I I really do believe in that. So when he said to focus on the things you were already doing, was that education? Well, yeah, that too. Of course, I have plenty of education. Um, I, I still, to this day, type all three designations after my name. Um, you have to know what each one means. If you have some time someday, you should bite me for lunch. I can explain all three of them. <laughs> um, the last one means a financial uh, 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 services specialist. So um, that was one of the last ones. And I did most of that online, surprisingly. And that came from my daughter, who has a master's. And she did her whole master's, except for one class that you have to attend, Troy University, to get her master's. And go, well, why can't I do this? So I went and got my FSS totally mm-hmm. online. So. That's awesome. I remember I was there for most of that time, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sure. absolutely. All right, Emily, what about you? What's the best leadership you, advice you've ever received? All right, so I actually have two, and they're from the same man. Um, so Colonel Tom Langford is by far and away the best squadron commander that I have ever had. So I'm going to have to tell him that he's on this radio show. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so Talk about authenticity and, and appreciation. Um, approachability, well, sincerity. So mm-hmm. the, the two things that I think uh, the most valuable that he gave me, one was that with rank and authority, that does not equate to credibility. And that's what I mentioned already. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to establish credibility. I think that's really important. Um, he said, you know, we're not running like the good guy squadron, like we're running, you know, the 41st TAC airlift squadron. And so uh, it's one of those things where it's like, know your job and be good at your job. And then all of these other things will follow from credibility. So that's why it's the first uh, thing on my competency list. And then the other thing he said, and this one is what really stuck with me, is that I was putting in a lot of hours. My husband and I were geographically separated. He was stationed with B-52s and I was stationed with C-130s. And so we were in two different states. And because of that, I was putting in a lot of work at the squadron over and over, um, you know, and we ended up really prioritizing that since we were geographically separated. But there was a point where even when we had the opportunity to see each other, it just seemed like it became easier to make excuses to focus on the work because we were so involved with it. Um, And then he came to me one day, I was staying late, and he said, you know, 
your family isn't going to be looking into your coffin when you're dead and say, I wish you had worked that extra hour. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that my work life balance was off and that my priorities were askew to the point that even my commander who has, you know, a couple hundred people in a squadron was noticing it. And it really helped me to reprioritize. So we haven't talked a lot about that, but work-life balance is absolutely integral if you want to be an effective leader. Otherwise, that authenticity piece just goes right out the window because you're telling everybody what they should do to be successful, but you're not internalizing it and doing it yourself because mm -hmm. you're just completely out of balance. So I think that's really important, both of those things. Absolutely. Those are some really good ones. And when we talk about, I talked earlier about the Power Up series that we do, the leadership classes, and we talk about work-life. It used to be called work-life balance. Now we changed it to work-life integration. Mm. Because I know for me, when I think about balance, balance is 50-50. And so that means work 50% of the time, life 50% of the time. And there's many times, no, depending on career, depending depending on day of the week, depending on day of the month, that those things are out of balance. Absolutely. So, you know, for me, it was hard to kind of say that the goal was to be in balance because that would happen so rarely. So 90% of the time I was not hitting, you know, what I wanted to do. So, and what you talked about too, is that it's, it's true that if you're putting so much effort into work, but your family life has fallen apart, then you're not an effective leader. Mm -hmm. So you do have to balance those different areas in addition to, I believe, in addition to health and uh, spiritual care and education and a lot of other things as well. So I think that's some great, some really good, good advice. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. My recent one, and this is not leadership advice, but my recent one is don't let your setback or make your make your comeback stronger than your setback. I like that. Yeah, that's my recent one that I'm doing. I was in a car accident about six months ago, and it was really tough because, like you, Emily, I lost the use of my right arm. Now, it's come back, um, and I don't have to go through surgeries and, and nerve damage or anything like that. It was more of a just a... Um, they're still working on my neck kind of stuff, but, um, but it's really kind of interesting when you have something that is a setback like that. And especially something like a right arm that is so used in your life. And so that was the mantra that I kind of stuck with. I still have it on a sticky note on my computer about making my comeback better than my setback, because for a long time, it was really tough mentally to get past that setback. Um, that was really tough. So Last thing I'll plug is for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, we are doing what we're calling a leadership book poll. And so what this means is we have collected about 100, where our goal is to get 150 um, brand new leadership books. And what we're going to do is everybody that buys a ticket, tickets are $25, every single person will walk away with a leadership book, but then certain people, their tickets are going to be drawn and they're going to win a certificate for a business service. So we've had places like Brand U that's donated a free landing page. Manpower has donated eight, eight hours of temporary help. A Leader's Edge has donated five one-hour leadership coaching sessions. Our One of our neighbors near us, Cowork Annex, has donated some passes to their conference room. Uh, we've had uh, Lori Weekly, professional makeup artist, has donated makeup services, and Wave Photography has donated a headshot session. Um, we've also got the Print Center has donated a banner. Uh, UPS has donated business cards. Lots of different things like 
like that we're going to be giving away with our leadership book pool. You can buy tickets now and tickets will be also on sale at our October 18th conference. And then it will continue to be sold until December when we're going to be drawing all the books and all the winning certificates as well. So I'll see Kristen Hadid here in a couple weeks. I might try to grab a couple of her books that I talked about earlier, Permission to Screw Up, to be able to put in our leadership book pool. And if you're an author out there and would like to donate one of your leadership books, no trashy romance novels, just leadership books. We would love to take those for our leadership book pool. And education is one of the cornerstones of powerful women of the Gulf Coast. So we believe that that hard back books are not dead yet, even though there's the world of Kindle and, and um, Audible and a lot of online tools. We believe there's something about the tactile the tactile connection of holding a book and and reading it um, and going back and reviewing it from time to time. So if you're like that and you want more books in your on your bookshelf, then please uh, look at purchasing one of our tickets for our leadership book pool. And if you're the opposite and you're trying to get rid of books, then we will take those as well. We have a, a pay it forward leadership book program where we redonate used leadership books and pass them around from woman to woman to whoever they end up in the hands of, because we believe that books just sitting on your shelf being unread are of no use to anybody. But if you can get those off your shelf and get those in the hands of some young leaders who are trying to expand their knowledge, or some of us that have been in the industry for years and years and years and still trying to expand their knowledge, then you're getting more use out of those books as well. So we will take those. So if you are not inspired by this conversation with Emily Elmore to come to our conference, then you might not have been listening real well. So we are excited to have her at our October 18th conference. She's going to be one of our Ped Talk speakers. And again, her presentation is called Hit Like a Girl, Leading High-Performance Teams to Pack a Punch. Um, also, Michelle Kobanak, thank you for being one of our guests here today. If you're in the need of life insurance, health insurance, anything to do with financial financial services, please reach out to Michelle and pick her brain. She's a wealth of knowledge and she's just a good connector too. So if she has, if you need something that she doesn't offer, she'll likely refer you to one of her colleagues in the industry as well. So thank you for listening. Um, Michelle, go ahead and give us your contact information before we tune out. Sure. Michelle Kobelnick. Uh, the email address was Michelle spelled with M-I-C-H-E-L-E-K at affiliatedins.net for insurance. And my phone numbers are 850-477-5840. Cell number is 850-293-6764. You also can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And then Captain Emily Elmore, thank you for being here again today. I loved the five leadership traits that you went through of credibility, clarity, approachability, sincerity, and authenticity. And if you got a lot out of that and want to hear more from Emily, she will be at our conference coming up, but also get a, get us your, give us your contact information so somebody could reach out to you as well. Great. Yeah, you can reach me by phone at 334-625-9032. Or at consult at elmorejohnson.com. And we also have online courses that are available, so you can check those out also um, through udemy.com. And you can look me up as the instructor, Emily K. Elmore, and you'll be able to find that. The title of the course is Leadership Essentials for High Performance Teams. And that'll give you a little insight as to what we offer at Elmore Johnson Consulting. 
Awesome. I forgot to mention your Udemy classes. I'm glad you remembered to do that. Good. Awesome. So very exciting to have these ladies here. This was show number 31. Um, please tune in to hear from us again in a month for our next show. And if you were inspired by anything that you heard about Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, we would love to have you connect with us as well. You can come to one of our monthly meetings. You can check us out on our a couple different websites or follow us on social media. We are Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast on Facebook. We are Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast on Instagram. Be careful. I have no idea what I'm doing yet on Instagram, but I at least know how to post things and like things. So I think that's pretty much what you do on Instagram. I don't know. And then find us on our on our website, PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com is our main site. We are redoing that site. So if it looks a little crazy right now, just uh, hang in there. It will look better. And then we've got our brand new conference site, which looks amazing. That one is PWConference.com. P is in powerful, W is in women, and then conference.org. Check us out there as well. And we would love to have you come to our conference, come to any of our monthly networking meetings, donate some books to us, or just keep following us on Pensacola Business Radio X. Thank you so much. We look forward to hearing from you next month. <laughs>